everyone and welcome to Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies. My name is Brent, I'm the host and today I have Dan Davies joining me and uh, Dan is actually from the BC United Party. Uh, Dan is actually the MLA for Peace River North. He's the opposition critic for uh, Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. Dan, this is um, oh, this is an awesome uh, pleasure having you join our show today. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure, Brent. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. Finally, uh, connecting and, and, and making this work after I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. you're you're the first one from your party to come on. So yeah, there we go. There we and, go. And and we should say, um, since Brent relaunched on the new format on the YouTube format, you're officially uh, show number twenty. Show yes, number twenty. 20. Yeah. Number 20. Yeah. And, and and what are we calling this? The video cast, right? The video cast. Yeah. <laughs> video cast, <laughs> podcast. Uh, and uh, anyone watching live, um, you know, we'll be doing a quick uh, questions and answers session uh, just before uh, Dan leaves for the day. So just get your questions ready and we'll do our best to answer uh, your questions. So, Dan, um, let's dive right in here. Uh, so um, as an opposition critic, uh, can you let the listeners know what, just so maybe they're not familiar, what, what, do, what is your role um, as an opposition critic for the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, first of all, I'm going to apologize. My voice is raspy, of course. Uh, you know, anybody that's out in BC knows that we're in the epicenter of fires up here. So you probably can't yeah. quite see out my window, but it is just completely smoked in right now. So my, hopefully my voice holds on for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Definitely won't see the sun. Yeah, no, 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 not anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, to, to your question, uh, uh, Brent, as the opposition critic, and we're actually now uh, adopting new language, uh, the shadow minister for the uh, social development and poverty reduction is our new title. Okay. Um, yeah, but we're still the critics, basically. Uh, you, you know, my role in the legislature as the opposition party um, and, you know, what we do with each ministry. So each ministry within the legislature has a shadow minister just like in the federal government, just like across, uh, you know, across Canada. And our role is to uh, look at legislation that is being introduced, uh, whether it's within the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction, then it certainly becomes my role as, as the shadow minister for that ministry to look at that legislation, to, to criticize it, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, it works here up in Fort St. John where I am right now, it works down in Vancouver, it works all over, it's good for people. Uh, talking to advocate uh, advocates across, you know, like yourself and, and others, um, and then bring those concerns and questions and uh, issues forward in the legislature when we're debating uh, such bills. Of course, even outside of the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction, 
Uh, there's many bills that come into play, you know, might be introduced by children and families ministry or education um, or attorney general, you name it across the board that often, I mean, as you can imagine, social development and poverty reduction touch points are throughout the different ministries on different things. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my role again in, in that regard is to look at all pieces of legislation that come through the legislature. And if there's a component within my shadow ministry, again, is to put that lens on that critical lens to make sure that it's good and, and, and moves forward. The other piece as well is to uh, generally, um, you know, just as, as my role is to, again, reach out to folks like yourselves and, and, and many other groups that are out there, have the conversations, engage with, you know, organizations, uh, you know, that, that like, you know, uh, CLBC and, and others here in this province. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, to be looking again at what is government doing that is good, bad, good, you know, could be improved upon and so on and so forth. So that's kind of, you know, a, a high level look at uh, what the opposition critic or shadow minister uh, does. It sounds like yeah. uh, it's got a very uh, Marvel feel to it, doesn't it? I'll go with that. <laughs> the, sh- the shadow knows. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The dark shadows. Like <laughs> out of a Batman comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And uh, with um, with the uh, with the rates uh, that um, people on uh, disability assistance uh, receive in the province of British Columbia, uh, they're they're obviously, as we all know, I mean, this is all way across the country, but uh, the cost of living in British Columbia is you know, as we know, really is high. And uh, so the rates are definitely not even matching the, the cost of living that's well below the poverty line. And in many cases, you know, you know, people will say, uh, you know, how can you say legislated poverty? But hey, uh, you know, you, you call it what it is. I mean, it is legislated poverty and, um, and nobody should be living in legislated poverty. And I, I know that the rates have to be increased. Um, and there's a lot of call for federal government to step in and um, do their part and uh, maybe possibly as a top up. I don't know where it's going. But in the meantime, um, the province obviously has an opportunity, I would think, uh, to uh, immediately correct the, uh, the rates up to uh, up to a standard. I mean, to a standard with people with disabilities. I mean, their their costs are even more than just the basic uh, they call it poverty line. So people with disabilities, their rates, uh, I mean, their needs are actually even higher the cost. So what, what is your take on that, Dan? Yeah, well, you know, and, and at the start of your, your, your comment there, looking across the province, and, and we spoke about this offline a couple of minutes ago, just briefly, uh, you know, things look different all across this province. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, someone living, uh, you know, on PWD, it looks different here in Fort St. John then. Obviously, it looks very different in Victoria, where you are. Uh, yep. Others that live in, in, in Vancouver, it looks very different. And, and I think, you know, what, you know, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I got the, I'm going to precurse all of this. I don't have the silver bullet, all the answers, obviously, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, th- we need to work together. This is a society issue. Yep. You know, the, the federal government needs to be a partner at the table, as does, you know, our communities, our all levels of government need to be at the table to be working through this. We need to be, and more importantly, we don't need to just be sitting at the table as government making decisions. We need you guys at the table helping us make good decisions. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and, and we, how often do you see that? I mean, you, this is across the board with government. We know better. We're going to make a policy here. And then you hear from everybody down below. It's like, good God, what are you doing? It doesn't work. 
we, we need to change that. We need to have more engagement with people that are being impacted and find out how do we do things better? You know, we know the challenges. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that there's challenges people living on PWD right now. Um, you know, it, uh, it, especially when we look at the unbelievable um, inflation that we've been seeing here just this yes. past year. I mean, it, it's, it has impacted everybody at, at all scales, especially people, you know, in the vulnerable population, people on PWD, are, 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 because you guys are on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. So, it, and, and it doesn't fluctuate for, you know, for, for that inflation. So we need to be looking at different things to do uh, to uh, improve the rates, to improve how they're being dispersed, uh, you know, looking at even, you know, the, the caps on how much you can earn elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. why are we penalizing, um, you know, when, when you're working a part-time job somewhere and you hit the cap and now we're to, it's clawing it back dollar for dollar. You know, you know, how do we look at ways to not keep you? And I'm talking you, the, the collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep you in, like, why do we want to keep you in poverty in that cycle? Yeah, Let's like, give you the tools and, and, and help you move forward. Like for me, I mean, I, I don't know if you know about this bit about me, Dan, but uh, I have been fighting the uh, clawback to my survivor's pension for almost 10 years now. My first wife passed away. And they just uh, invalidate it completely. And it's it's like, why? And like you were talking about, uh, you know, other ministries uh, being responsible for different pieces of legislation. And if we take the um, Ministry of Labor, for example, the BC Ministry of Labor, I mean, there's so much legislation in there that protects pensions, right? I mean, they protect pensions like there's no, like everybody's business. It's just like, they protect it like tooth and nail, and mm-hmm. yet you know you you take the pension over to uh, the uh, Ministry of the Disabilities or the, the Ministry of Social Development, and they disrespect it, and then they claw mm-hmm. it back. And it's mm-hmm. like, how can you do that? Just from one ministry, it's protected, and the other ministry, they cross it over, and it's like, sorry, we're going to disrespect it now. And it's like, why? Yeah, you know, well, and, I, and, and I don't understand that. I just don't understand it. Yeah, and and you're 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 spot on, Neil, and 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 you know, sorry about the all the circumstances, obviously, and my condolences to you. Um, you know, that that's just one of many absurdities that are are happening. And the other one, you know, we were uh, I think when when uh, we were out in the front lawn, I don't know, a month ago, I guess it was, mm-hmm. when uh, Jeff had his you know the tent out there and and everything else hearing from folks and, and, and I've heard this before as well. And I, and I did, I actually brought it up during our budget, uh, budget estimates, penalizing people for love, you know, yeah. when, 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 when two, when two people, you know, get together and, 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 you know, move in together, you're penalized, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you know, you, you would, you would think that you would be able to combine your, 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 your supports and, and, and try and, you know, make better, but the system doesn't fully allow for that. So things like that, how do we look at improving though? And they, you know, they seem very simple to, you know, to, to, to make better, but you know, how do we, instead of keeping people in poverty, mm-hmm. how do we propel you out of it? And, and I think those are the discussions and things that we really need to look at. And, you know, everybody understands, you know, there's budgetary restraints, there's, there's those challenges, but I, there is a path forward. There yes. is a smarter way to do things. There's, you know, and, and 
you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a little side tangent here and, and excuse me if I, if I do, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. You know, my, my biggest concern and, and, and I promise I, I won't get too partisan as best I can. Of course, I, I live in that world of partisanship. Um, it's, all, it's, all good. it's all good. You know, I am a true believer in, in British Columbia's natural resource sector, whether it's our natural gas, our, our forestry, our mining, you know, the, the endless opportunities that British Columbia has. And there's no other place in the world that does resources as environmentally responsible. Um, you know, they're you know, they're, they, they, they're just the way to do it. We are the gold standard for the world. At the same time, all of these revenues bring in billions and billions of dollars of revenue into the province of British Columbia. Mm -hmm. We need those revenues. If we are going to fix all of the issues, whether it be the PWD issues or our health or educate, whatever, those revenues are needed. Absolutely mm -hmm. necessity. What worries me is in this last budget, you know, even, and this is in the government's own budget books, are calling for massive 28, 32% reduction in revenues from the, the natural resources sector because they're making it harder and less open for businesses to, attract, to, to be attracted to British Columbia to come and do business here. Mm. So when you're taking now, knowingly taking billions of dollars out of the province's revenue, mm -hmm. what does that trickle-down effect look like for supports for people with disabilities, supports for people with, you know, within the children and families uh, ministry, our health care, which is in absolute crisis right now, education for our children, looking out for our seniors. That trickle-down effect, we haven't seen yet, but if it doesn't get corrected soon, we're, we're in trouble. We're absolutely in trouble. And I think the key to going back, and I, see, I, I, I talk too much. I know I talk too much. <laughs> the, the key to, I think, the success and making life better for people with disabilities, life better for people that are in poverty, life better for people that are living on the streets, and there's far too many, mm -hmm. is to make sure that British Columbia maintains a strong resource sector. We are open for business. Obviously, we need the checks and balances in place. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. we have those. But if we don't have that revenue coming, we cannot support people. And this is the one thing that worries me about the NDP government right now is, you know, they, they, good ideas, but the money needs to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, and when you start seeing those revenues predicting by the government dropping that much, where are they going to make it up? I, you yep. know, and so that's a big worry. And I know that's a big roundabout long answer to, to your question, but, you know, we understand there is more need. We know that. Mm -hmm. We need a path forward to fix it. And part of that path forward is a, a strong, a strong economy in British Columbia. And the, the foundation of British Columbia's economy, I don't care what anybody says, is the resource sector. Mm -hmm. I agree. But, I agree with that. Well, you know, especially um, with, with the high cost, also the high cost of rent um, across the province and across this country. In BC, uh, they're saying that uh, Vancouver is now rated as the, as the worst place uh, to even um, try and think about uh, renting. $2,800 a month in, in Vancouver. 
Victoria is not far behind uh, Vancouver in that I would say it's almost equal. I mean, the stats show that. I mean, it could be one dollar difference, but Vancouver beats them. Uh, and that's just for a one bedroom. And so when I look at the headlines and I'm thinking, wow, so PWD get 375, they get a $125 increase as of July 19th. I'm thinking, well, that's 500. That's not even going to, get, maybe, I don't know, you could rent a washroom if you're lucky. I, I don't know. <laughs> I well, don't know. Well, that's one of the, the pieces that we talked about on your last show with uh, Shane Brent is uh, this idea of maybe what should happen is that the government do away with the shelter portion and just create like just cut one check of support and do away with I mean it would solve everything but it would be a step forward in the right direction I believe if they just had one amount and not be discriminatory on this is how much for shelter and this is how much for support because you know you and I both know that uh, just having the uh 375 for shelter for so long it doesn't really cut it i mean and now they've increased it or they will increase it but uh you know the idea of like one check for everything is is a better path forward in my opinion yeah 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 because like in in that view is uh, i know that in uh bc housing uh their their rent is geared to income so because the according to the, when the ministry told me when i was talking to uh, once upon a time uh, one of the uh, ladies in the one of the offices there, and uh, she said, "Well, unfortunately, because people who live in market housing, they get that shelter portion. They don't qualify for uh, BC housing type of rent geared to income." And that was her view at the time. And I'm like, "Wow!" Like it was coming from an administration within the office. And she said, "If they were to get rid of that, now things could change. Where now PWD and market housing could." Technically, it depends on the government, though, uh, whoever the government of the day is, who they could now extend those programs over because you got seniors who get the uh, SAFERS, you got the uh, RAP, which is the Residential uh, Assistance Program. They could actually put one in there for PWD and call it whatever a new name, uh, you know, something similar and extend it over where they could still live in the, the housing that they want to live in. They don't have to move and uh, they could still get a subsidized housing within. Well, market housing. Yeah. Um, I, so, what's what's your what's your take on that on that, Dan? Yeah. It, so, this is one of our, uh, you know, the BC United uh, uh, major priorities going forward um, is housing. Housing, mm -hmm. it, it's a crisis right now. Um, you know, and, and I'm just looking here, <clears throat> and and you know, this this uh, from the latest BC Coroner's report mm. uh, revealed. Homelessness has increased uh, since the homelessness has increased. There's been an increase of 75% in deaths among those that are unhoused. Okay, which is absolutely unacceptable. Um, there are options. We need more supply for housing. Bottom line, and you know this is this is one of our major. Uh, 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 and this will be one of our major components uh, in the next election campaign, whatever that might be between now and October 2024. Yeah. Um, is is to look at is to look at how do we do housing better? And I know Kevin Falcon, our leader, is is you know he comes out of that world. Uh, a lot of it is you know giving municipalities the tools that they need to uh, do permitting and, and and get things built faster. Uh, government it will obviously play a significant role in that. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the average rent in Victoria. I mean, mm -hmm. you look 
it, it, and, and it's across BC. You know, the average rent right now in BC is 2,500 bucks. Oh yeah. That, just over last year, that's up almost 12% over last year alone on average rents right across the board. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're talking about this, the, the inflation challenges and, you know, there was a survey done just recently as well. Uh, you know, 50, per, uh, what was it? Um, 50, 50% of all British Columbians are worse off than they were last year. So things aren't getting better. You know, and what was the other number here? Oh, almost half of all British Columbians are 200. This is, and now this is everybody. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I say everybody in British Columbia, 50% of British Columbians are $200 away from insolvency every month. Wow. That's crazy. That, that that's, then is magnified. Yeah. With and if you're on lower income, that's even worse. Yeah. People in the vulnerable, um, uh, you know, people with vulnerabilities like that, that is even more. So, oh, yeah. We, we need to do something. We need to come out. We need to come forward with a plan forward. And, you know, Neil, you were talking, and I, and I think, you know, we, we were talking again just briefly offline earlier. Uh, housing, you know, looking at doing things differently. You know, uh, obviously, we are going to be looking at doing housing better and, and supporting people that need the supports they need. You know, maybe it is. We just look at housing here. Here's your 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 living needs, the necessities. Your you know, because let's let's be honest, people should not have to be choosing. All right, am I doing my medication this month or is it food? Mm-hmm. Right, you know, th- those are not decisions that British Columbians should have to make. Yeah. So, so, so we need. Think, to- uh, what was he all saying, Rob Peter, to pay Paul? You know, what I mean, like taking <laughs> yeah. versus food, like well, yeah, and, and and you know, it's we we need to do things better. And and I go back to this is a society's issue. We need to be, you know, we need all hands on deck to come up with solutions. And all hands on deck is all levels of government. We need the public with us. We need people living with, the, with you know, with these issues, you know, the, the affordability challenges to be giving us ideas and be working with them moving forward. And, you know, the, these are all, like I say, looking at the housing, you know, supplement piece. Well, um, what? It, it, what it, it's an issue. It's another, and, and it's another level of bureaucracy. Yeah, you know, we have in you know what does that alone cost to manage these different streams mm-hmm. of supports? I mean, they all got an office, they all got a, a staff of who knows how many government employees that are administering all these pieces. I mean, there is significant cost, so we need to do things smarter and better and more efficient. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, and the other thing too is uh, like I know in the seventies uh, and eighties, the federal government used to be pretty heavily invested in uh, in building uh, housing, right? I mean, they, they had a, a huge amount of investment in housing stock back in the 70s and 80s. And then they just, every, everybody just kind of walked back from that. And, and that kind of screwed over all the provinces, right? I mean, the, the fact that the federal government just kind of said, oh, we, we, don't, we don't need to worry about that anymore. And they just kind of wipe your hands of it and that's kind of really screwed people over right <laughs> all the provinces and, and you know uh, and, and there was a great uh you know and, and again something to look at and, and this is something i know that we've talked about again um and if you remember back in the 70s and 80s i mm-hmm. certainly am at, of that age i was younger there i had hair yeah. um but oh. uh, yeah. um co-op housing yeah oh yeah Co-op yeah. housing, they, it was one of the most successful housing plans in the province of British Columbia. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was, and those were partnerships, federal, there was federal money there. Uh, that was under the old social credit government. Uh, you know, there was provincial money there. Um, and, you know, we have a really, we still have one here in Fort St. John. And they are, there's a bunch of them still throughout the province that run with great success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rents are affordable, they're kept affordable. Um, but, you know, so the, again, we just need to look at being innovative, you know, mm-hmm. doing things smarter. And, and instead of doing things over and over and over again and expecting, and I said this earlier, you know, doing things over and over again and expecting different results every time is insanity. Yeah, Dan, Sonia actually has a question for you. Okay. And here's Sonia. Hi, Dan. Oh, a live question. Oh, my goodness. A live question. Sonia. Yeah. Well, you can, you can peek over there if you want. <laughs> yeah, so way you can. Oh, oh you just. There you, there you go. You just, <laughs> check, there you are. That way Dan can see you. There you are. Right. I don't know if you can see yep, me. Yep, lean over. There you are. Gotta, <laughs> okay. the, the, you got to lean in. The camera's got to see you. Get a hey. little closer. Okay, there you are. There, there, there you go. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sonia. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, my question is, okay, so back in February, February 28th, the ministry gave $125 to the shelter portion, and that won't take effect till July 19th, which is too long to wait. Anyway, um, my question is, how come they didn't give any financial money to the support portion which is what they've always done in the past. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't answer why government did whatever they did. I, I yeah. mean, of course, I'm, I'm not privy to that. I'm, I'm on the other side, uh, <laughs> on the opposition side. But, you know, I've been a big advocate and we've been a big advocate right at the very start. And, you know, we, you know, back when, and it was a good thing and it, and it was unanimously voted on in the, in the BC legislature, you know, the COVID supports the $300 supplement uh, which was a good thing, a great start, a great start. Oh, that was and, the best. <laughs> you know, and then of course, toward the end of COVID twenty one, it was clawed back, and that sparked a huge conversation. And you know the, uh, that that, uh, in fact, that was when I was first appointed to this critic role. I just I was the education critic before, so that was my. Dan, you're the you're the uh, SDPR critic, and they took three hundred dollars away from you know from from PWD. I was like, oh, I, uh, I, here we go, here we go. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, sudden, all of a sudden you had a dartboard on your back, right? All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, hey, the dart. The dartboard I, I remember Nicholas Simon's. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Remember uh, media uh, interviewing us at the time on uh, they they were doing a story on. What would happen, uh, the impact of taking away $300, a COVID supplement? What would happen to you? Uh, and they said, Brent, what would happen to you if they took it away? And they asked Sonia the same thing. Is she said she couldn't buy her nutritional supplements that she needs, extra things to help her diabetes, uh, her health, um, her, um, you know, she's got a heart condition too. So they asked it goes, me. What it, goes back to, it goes back to the. Am I eating this month or am I buying yeah. my medication that keeps me yeah. alive? And so when they asked me what would happen uh, for your residency, what would happen? I go, well, my landlord says, um, you know, based on my income, I could live, still live where I'm living. And they said, well, okay, what would happen if we took it away? Or they clawed out, clawed back maybe even 175 of it, which oh. they did. Right? We'd have to move. I we said did. we would have to move because we wouldn't be able to afford projecting inflation going forward. We have to then sacrifice 
and go to a different place. Well, luckily for us, actually, luckily for Sonia, she actually found a place, found here, place here in Victoria. And so it was $410 then cheaper than what we were paying. We were paying $1775 in Langley. And so she found it for $1365 out here. Um, it took quite a while for us to kind of get used to everything. And I think we're now we're getting used to it. I mean, was it ultimately where we wanted to live? No, no because so here's the thing, the, the because part is so we applied around to a whole bunch of places while we were still living in a brand new condominium that was built. We saw it getting built. We thought, wouldn't it be nice to live here? Yay. And the landlord says, yeah, no problem. As long as you pay your rent um, and you pay it on time, no problem. It, you know, here's the keys. So, yeah, I mean, great. Um, problem was, is that we realized that they take away the supplement. We're going to have to move. So what happened with it is uh, we applied around for different corporate landlords. One said, uh, yeah, no problem. We take people with disabilities. Um, and that was a long shot, long story short. But um, Sonia wanted to look at, at her hometown because her parents live in Nanaimo. We thought, hey, you know, why don't we first try Nanaimo, right? Um, nothing. And I couldn't find anything. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. But the landlord said, no problem at first. Now, they said, well, look at your income. Okay. They didn't respond back. Um, our landlord said, I didn't get any phone calls. What's going on? So I finally phoned back because here's the sad part was, Dan, we gave our notice in because we figured we were going to get the place because I had talked to them on the phone. They said, no problem. Like, yeah, like we rent people with disabilities. Um, it's your income? No problem. They said, yeah, they even told us, give your, give your notice in your landlord. I mean, like, yeah, well, you know, we can move. When do you want to move in? I go next month because we'll give our 30 days and so we gave it in. We had to revoke our, our notice to end tenancy. We scrambled around because they said we can't rent to you because your income is not high enough. You need to be making at least $2,500 each per month. And I'm like, say what? They said basically because, in other words, your income has to be closer to $100,000. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't understand. So long story short, we... We applied at a whole bunch of places. We kept getting told the same thing. Langley Apartments, same thing, big company. Um, they called our landlord for a reference. They called twice. They did, and then their head office did. And so she says, yeah, like rent to them. Like she said, yeah, a good reference. Rent to these two. These are, they're awesome people, great advocates. They want to see changes for the disability community going forward, um, get people in the housing. And they went rent to us because same thing. And I said, well, uh, our landlord will go down to $2,000, lowest they'll go. I go, there's no way the government's going to give us an increase up to $2,000 each. So yeah, so we found a place in Victoria, and that's where we're at. And uh, that's why I really ramped up advocacy going forward, because I don't want to see anyone go through the headache and the, uh, the stress that we had to go through. And thank God for our landlord. They and Dan, I have my doctors in Langley. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. <laughs> I have to talk it's to not people. like you can just walk in and get a family doctor in British Columbia. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I mean, but I mean, you know, at least we were able to revoke our, our, uh, you know, our notice and they, uh, the owner understood, but we knew going forward, our time was limited. So we had to relocate and at least, Hey, one good thing or closer to the legislature. <laughs> well, for, you know, the odd time and, and you wouldn't do that in Langley. So I'm glad. You moved to Victoria. Yeah. We, 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 you know, we have a friendship now, so that uh, that has worked out. But and you know, it, like it, I said, you know, I, I I hear you and 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 absolutely sympathize with you. And you know, you're not alone. 
I mean, this is this story plays out in every community across British Columbia, um, across Canada, you know, uh, undoubtedly. And, you know, we, we looked at, and, and just going back to the, the, the earlier conversation around the, the clawback, you know, this is one thing that we have talked about. We still are advocating. Uh, I brought it up. You heard on question uh, budget estimates, you know, at minimum, get that 300 bucks back in the, in the pockets of, of everyone. Oh yeah, it's um, it's 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 per it's imperative that it has to be restored. I mean, it it can be done immediately, right? I mean, yeah, they they don't even have to even, you know, sit in the legislature to do it, right? Or do they? Or well, hey, and and here's here's my little jab. You know, the ministers all got a ten thousand dollar raise, right? <laughs> you know, just saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, PWD or in people on income assistance, they have to sacrifice so many things um, in order to complete with their landlord. Like, and they get a rent increase notice. Oh, so here's the thing, too. Since we've been living in this place, we got a rent increase notice. There was no increase on the, uh, on the disability supports like last year. And then we got another rent increase notice, which now took effect as of June 1st. Now we just got paid. So now our new rent, we actually had just paid the new amount. But they increase that we get in July 19th, takes effect after. And so I brought to my landlord, and she's such a lovely lady. Uh, and she says, well, how does that work? So you've had two increases in rent, but they haven't increased <laughs> they haven't increased the support or the, the shelter. And I go, you know, wow. She said, okay, like, you need to tell them. They need to get with the program and start listening to you guys. I mean, we're here to collect the money. It doesn't matter how we get it, as long as you pay that rent at the end of the day. No problem. So um, going forward, like it is, you know, a message to the government, please like listen to the disability community um, and listen to lived experience um, because, you know, and I mean, and listen to the minister too. I mean, opposite mm -hmm. critic, like listening to our voices, carrying it forward. Like, um, and I know that a lot needs to be done, but we all need to obviously work together collaboratively and make a better system for all. Yeah, we're 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 coming to the end of the half hour, so I just yeah. wanted to say there should yeah. be final comments. I did want to quickly mention we have a Dan in the comments as well, okay. from from Toronto, and you know who that is, right, Brent? Yeah. Uh, but he actually made a couple comments about uh, NRGI, which is National Rent Geared to Income. He says that should be that should be one of the things to look at, and he says that uh, everybody should have only have to contribute 30% of their income uh, to housing. That should be the target goal for, for everyone. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, I guess it's like BC housing. I know they call it RGI housing out in Ontario, mm -hmm. different providers. Yeah, yeah and, and we do have a similar, we do have some similar pieces that that, that are the same here in, in British Columbia. And, you know, it, uh, it but, you know, looking at the 30% the uh, of, of your wage, I mean, we, we do need to set goals. And we need to strive to do better. And and I think you know. And, and I'm going to move into my wrap up comments, Neil, like you suggested. Mm -hmm. um, the the bottom line is we need to do better. And I think we can all agree with that. And mm -hmm. Brent, your last kind of wrap up comment that you just mentioned is, you know, working with people with lived experience. Mm -hmm. um, governments need to do that better in everything, especially within PWD. Uh, you know, it, it, it can't come from just high up on the mountain and just be dis disseminated. Good luck, you know, with, with people that don't have the understanding. 
with people that don't have the lived experience. To me, having your voice, the big you, at the table is absolutely imperative so that we can make sure that we are doing good sound policy. We also need to, and, and I shouldn't say we, but the government needs to do a better job, I think, at looking inwards at itself. How does it become more efficient at delivering the supports and services that British Columbians need? How does it become more efficient at delivering the supports that people with disabilities needs need? And, you know, we talked about, you know, looking at the different uh, silos of support and, and, you know, some of them aren't even within the, the, the Ministry of Social Development. They come from other ministries. And, you know, which, again, is that efficient? I don't think so. You know, is there an, is there an added cost with that bureaucracy? I guarantee there is. So how do we do it better? How, do, how does government do it better? How does government better deliver the services that are needed? How does government do it better to make sure that people have access to the services? One thing we hear all the time is it's not easy to even go through the application process and figure out all the paperwork and go to the different websites and to even know what you're eligible for. You know, how do we make that easier for people that have the need? And that is, that's our job as, as a government. That's the job of the legislature. And we need to do better. We need to have these voices at the table and, and let's get it done. And that's, my commitment, uh, my commitment as, as a BC United MLA, that's, I know our leader, Kevin Falcon's commitment, is to do better. And we can do better because better is possible. Maybe maybe to get Brent at the table, you should uh, carry around a life-size uh, carpet, cardboard cutout of Brent. Just bring him along to the table and sit beside <laughs> you there. Well, that might get creepy. <laughs> <after the table. laughs> well, hey, anything's possible, right? I mean, yeah. you know. It, you know, it's it's the view is that you give people the resources, the opportunity, the resources, they're going to put it back into into the economy. They're going to put it back into the community that they live in. And so and then the small businesses will prosper. If they want to be an entrepreneur, give them that opportunity. Uh, there's so much endless. The economy is a big circle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly so but yeah. you know let's keep this conversation going yes um you know i expect i will see you i will continue to see you which you know you will. And, and you know to, to both of you and and i follow you both on twitter you know you guys are great advocates and you know i just want to thank you and the many others out there um you know not just in british columbia but across canada that are out there advocating uh for better and you know without your voices uh we don't move the needle so you guys are integral in moving that needle and, and and making sure things are getting better. So my hats off to you. Well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, and and thank you, Dan. And uh, we'll uh, definitely do a follow-up. I'll have you back on the show. I'll reach out to you. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful uh, summer. And no, nope, it's still smoky outside. So uh, I was hoping it might have disappeared, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna head out. Yeah. And lots of work to do up here in the peace country. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Bye, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Bye, guys. Bye, Sonia.